All right. Avoid legal snags by telling people they're being recorded. You're being recorded. Cool. I appreciate disclaimers. Welcome to the Always Never Right podcast, a podcast with adult ingredients just for Gen Xers who are getting to middle age and are wondering how the fuck they stopped up the toilet again. Hey, fuck Thanks you. Thanks for over. joining us on the Podfix <laughs> Network. I'm Jill Farrell. Damn it. Now I can't cut it because you won't start over. Okay. Um, <laughs> and I'm the pissed oh off Gina Biggs. I have control. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, despite what uh, Cuntacular over there in Dallas will tell you, tonight's episode is another holiday episode, and apparently <laughs> I give the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> um, well, you know, not always. I mean, it stops eventually. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, this is our last one before Christmas. Fuck you very much. And um, then we'll have a special New Year's episode. Guys. She's saying that to me, not you. Yeah. Yeah, trust me, I was making total eye contact with her. (laughs) Yeah, it was very drilling into my soul. (laughs) Fair. (laughs) But I know this is in all seriousness. um, I do have a problem, but we um, this is our last episode. (laughs) This is our last episode before Christmas. Then we'll have a special New Year's episode for you that you'll hopefully really love. As you love all of our stuff because we're fabulous, um, lots of guest stars, and like last week, this week we both did different drinks. So since you're the cocktailian, <laughs> I had fun saying that. I'm going first. Okay, fine. Plus you fine. Yeah. Now. <laughs> so yeah. Whatever. Um, but no, uh, tonight I'm drinking what I'm going to call a holiday mule. So um, I use Boondock Spice Project Bourbon. Mm. Oh, That's girl. So good. Yes. Oh, fucking good. It's got a nice little bit of spice to it, but not not like a hot cinnamon spice, just like a it's low like heat. baking spices, right? Yes. Good description. Um, I use that and some simple syrup that I made with, you know, sugar, water, and mulling spices. Um, then some lemon juice, some apple cider because I'm the apple queen and I poured some ginger ale on top because with the apple cider it was a little thick so I had to thin it out a little bit and fuck is this good how about you yeah um I'm actually really jealous because I'm completely in love with the boondock spice project I mean it's 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 so amazing and if you haven't tried it, try it. And you kind of have to search for it because, like, a lot of places that carry Boondocks other stuff don't carry a Boondocks Spice Project. And I'm like, what's wrong with you? Why wouldn't you have this? And they'll have it at, like, well, we have it at our other location in such and such a place, but we don't have it in here. And I'm like, then you're wrong <laughs> because you need to have it here. This is amazing. And, uh, yeah, I think that it's... I would say probably in my top fives. I totally see that. I, I, to your point, I had to have it shipped. So when I had it shipped, I had two bottles shipped because, and I'm hoarding them. So yeah, Yeah, well, might as well. And the nice thing is not super expensive. I mean, it's like under $50 here. 
Yeah, yeah, even ordering it. I mean, once you had shipping, it wasn't, but that's another reason why I bought two bottles to make it more economic. Uh, sure, that makes sense. Well, I didn't, I, I went a different way. Um, I went some for something a little lighter this week because a lot of times I'm like the heavy, like I did the eggnog last week, and oh my God, when I was <laughs> done, I was like, uh, oh, oh, so good. Because, you know, eggnog in itself is really rich. And then add delicious bourbon. And it's just like all the rich and all the delish. And you just want to keep going. And then it starts to make you erp a little bit. So <laughs> um, I decided that this time I kind of looked, reviewed some holiday cocktails. And I found one that sort of stuck out for a couple of reasons. Um, it's a Cure Royale. And it's mostly like more of a holiday, like a New Year's Eve kind of thing. But because it has champagne in it, I always think of that as being a celebrate kind of cocktail. And since my birthday is coming up. Your what now? My birthday on (laughs) December 23rd. (laughs) Not COVID. Uh, (laughs) I thought I would get my celebration on and I went ahead and went for it. So this is like one of the easiest cocktails to make because it's like two things. Um, Three if you count the garnish, which kind of does count because it flavors it. Um, it is a tiny, tiny bit of, um, Chambord, which is a raspberry liqueur. And then you top it off with champagne. And tonight I went to the store and was looking at the champagnes and, you know, we have our go-tos we've talked about before, but I remember our trip to Napa and I ran across, um, the Domaine Carneros which is one of the places we stopped at. And I wasn't sure at first. I recognized the name and I was like, that sounds really familiar. And when I looked at the picture on the bottle, um, it has a picture of the actual, like the little chateau that we went to. And it was so much fun. We had the best time. So yeah, I went ahead and got that just because old times was so good. Um, And of course, this is a delicious drink. It's just Chambord and champagne. And then it has like a little bit of a lemon twist. So it gives just a little, a tiny citrusy flavor to it. And it's very delicious and super light. It sounds yummy. And that was um, on the Napa trip. That was the first one of the three places we went, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it was. <laughs> it was. little chauffeur guy was like telling us the history about it. And he was very nice. He was adorable. And I want to find him if we go back, when we go back, when we go yeah. back. When we go back. Was his name Bob? I think it was named Bob. Something like that, yeah. So he was precious, and he I enjoyed him. He was sweet as fuck. I really enjoyed him. And he knew lots and lots of things. Holy shit, he did. Yeah. I mean, he, he makes my storehouse of seemingly useless information seem um, inadequate. So, Well, and uh, Brendan, who went with us, I bet he'd remember his name. Oh, I bet he would, yes. Awesome. I love that. So just very quickly, how was your week before we get to the good stuff? How was your week? Um, Before we even get to that, I actually want to tell a funny story about this drink. And I may have told it before. Oh, okay. So when I was in my 20s, I started waiting tables down on the Riverwalk in San Antonio. My parents had moved there from Michigan, and I had just turned 20. I was almost 21, um, and so I was waiting tables down there. 
And one of my, I had worked at one restaurant and went and worked at this other restaurant where everybody was like super sarcastic. It was a great place to work. <laughs> a lot of fun working there. And one of my first customers who came in there had a very, very strong Texas accent. Very strong. And being from Michigan, I had a really difficult time understanding extremely strong Southern accents. And especially the Texas version of it, because like Alabama and stuff like that you see on movies. But somehow the Texas version of it was really hard, especially like if they were chewing tobacco or something at the same time. <laughs> so this cowboy dude comes into the bar and he's sitting there talking to me and I ask him for his order and he goes, I'm just going to have a cure. And I said, oh, okay. <laughs> So I knew about this drink called the Cure Royale. And so I went up to the bar and I got him one of these. And I thought that's kind of a weird drink for somebody like him, but whatever. So I brought him <laughs> this floofy champagne cocktail that's kind of pinkish and has a little twist of lemon. And he goes, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and I said, this is a Cure. And he's like, no, I want a Cure. You know, cur, cur light. <laughs> of course. So it's Boomhauer from uh, yeah, King of the Hill. Yeah, apparently he was because I had no fucking idea what he was saying. Apparently. Uh, I mean, uh, I had several times when I had to like ask other people, like, what the fuck did this person just say? And ask them to come over and repeat it. And then they would be like, oh, he wants iced tea. And I'm like, that's, are you sure that's what he said? Was that English? You know, Cajun people came in, and I had no idea what they were saying. It'll probably surprise you not at all to learn that I could translate Boomhauer from King of the Hill for all my friends. No, I absolutely believe that. But would you have known if somebody ordered a curve? Would you have known what they were ordering? I didn't know what the ingredients were in a fucking Bloody Mary when I was 20. Yeah, but if somebody said cur, would you look up what a cur is, or would you give them a course? Um, I probably, I probably would have said Coors or I would have bought them a feral dog. I'm not sure. One or the other. <laughs> yeah. That's cur. Yeah. That's I know. But you know, you see where my confusion lies. I though. do. I do. Thank you. So. <laughs> oh, you quick question. Oh, quick question. Quick question. Something you said made me think of this. What was the name of that restaurant where you used to be able to go and be insulted by the wait staff. Dick's Last Resort. Was that it? Ed, there's Dick's Last Resort, and there's also a place called Ed DeBevix. Ed DeBevix. That's in Chicago. That's one I was thinking of. Okay, cool. Both of those are very much of the same bent, although Ed DeBevix is more of characters doing it, like they dress in 50s clothes and stuff like that. You would fucking rock Ed DeBevix. Just saying. I rocked this like Dick's Last Resort. I made huh. so much fucking money there. It was ridiculous. Because <laughs> you're the queen of, oh, insult me, and I'm just going to love it. It's and really adorable. I even got to wait on celebrities. And the best thing was the celebrities would be like, we only want to wait on our fucking table. And they'd be like, all right, all your other tables get covered. And you're like, but, uh. <laughs> you're like, fuck, how am I going to make any money tonight? And then the celebrities, hopefully, would be good tippers. And if they weren't, the management would make it up for you. Which was oh. awesome. They were a really good management team. They had it. They had it laid out. That is cool. Okay. 
you never had to put up with abuse. If a customer was mad at you, the managers would do everything they could to mollify the customer and back you up at the same time. And they would never, they would never say she was wrong. She shouldn't have done that. Never. They would find other ways around it. That's awesome. It was amazing. That's awesome. One of the lessons I learned about management. That's very cool. Oh my gosh. Good life lessons. Yeah, it really was. It was a lot. Uh, the uh, only restaurant slash bar I ever worked for, like I said, it was a sports bar. And all I learned there was apparently um, I reminded a guy named Cedric of um, Judy Garland because I'd be really easy for a man to impersonate. And I don't know oh, how to make that's yeah. incredibly fucked up. It was really odd. I'm like, uh, OK, I um, also learned how to make a Bloody Mary. <laughs> Hence that whole topic. And I learned that I am a card shark when it comes to playing pitch, particularly 10 point pitch. And I will take everyone else's tip money. (laughs) (laughs) I got that going for me. Well, cool. Well, what a fun career story. But how was your week? Most of the week was okay. I've been working really hard on delegating stuff to my team. Because we have a bunch of stuff coming up where we're going to be providing training and things like that for what we do to a bunch of people who don't know what we do. And so I figured they're better positions to actually talk about the nitty gritty of what we do. I know the high level overview. I know the back end stuff. I know, you know, I know pieces of it and I know a lot of the ins and outs of different pieces of it that they might not understand. But as far as the front facing customer line, all of that, I, there's a lot about that little part that I don't get. So they're much better positioned to create a training around that. And that's, I mean, that's a very good lesson in having what you have and knowing how to make the best of it. And if you have people who can do it, It's a mark of a good leader, being able to delegate. Well, I think that it's important to at least give people a chance. And even if they can come up with 80% of it and you have to, you know, polish the edges, that's still a team effort. And it's important to give them credit for they produce the, you know, the grand majority of this content. And I just kind of polished it up so it's ready to produce. But I will tell you. So this new group that I'm part of, there are two teams currently plus my team. My team joined their teams. And so they've been providing training for the existing workflow, like everything they do already. And we've been absorbing that and learning from their training. And so as we produce the training, admittedly, we've had the benefit of looking at these pieces are train wrecks and these pieces work well. So when we keep pumping out our training, we are, well, if we fucking crushed them, our training is light years beyond what they could ever produce, even on their best day. Nice. Go you. And I'll log in after my vacation on the day that we have to start all, all of this implementation. And they'll be like, Oh, hey, here you go. 
and I'll go through my 800 emails and everything will be perfect. And everything was beautiful at the ballet. Nice. So that's that's what it's going to be. Well, go you. Yeah. Oh, yay. How, you? how was your week? Well, I can't get into work stuff because um, being an attorney, a lot of it was underprivileged this prior week. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to... I'm going to, I'll tell you about a couple of personal things. Sure. Num- number one, John the Brick got a job. Hooray! I Who know. and Ray? I know. He's very excited. He was very nervous going into the interview, but it went really, really well. And Obviously. it's, it, oh yeah, because <laughs> they only hire the shit shows. That's how it goes, right? I mean, like, you seem like a complete train wreck. Let's go with him. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Got a good accent, so let's go with him, even though he seems like a train wreck. There we go. No, it it went really well, and he is very excited because he got laid off right before COVID, and looking for a job during COVID is hard, but it's actually doing exactly the stuff he loves to do, which gets into web commerce analytics. So he's all kinds of happy. So is it going to be remote or is it going to be on site? Mostly on site, a little bit remote. So he's actually going to have to commute. And um, he's already starting to go eh, about that a little bit. But it's good for him. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it'll um, be kind of nice for you. Yeah. I, I'm going to be working remotely through June. So Is AJ know. at in-person school or only online? Only online. So he has my anxiety levels. So we can't hardly get him out of the house. So there's that. Um. Oh, but speaking of leaving the house, here's the other fun thing about the week. So we we do leave the house periodically to go to PetSmart because five cats, because we're insane. Mm-hmm. So we went to um, PetSmart the other day. And as we were checking out, this woman comes up from us uh, from behind us and goes, so are you guys cat people? Because we were looking at the cat grass and we had like a shit ton of litter. <laughs> and you're like, what, what gave it away? I know. I don't know. Are we? So um, we're like, oh, yeah. And we talked to her about cat grass and stuff. And then we got into the car and John the Brick goes, so when she said, are you cat people? Did you almost want to go? Yeah, fuck, who blew our cover? And I'm like, well, you know, I thought about saying that, but someone was using a laser pointer, so I was too distracted. And then it just <laughs> turned into like 20 straight minutes of cat jokes. Why, well, no, I am a regular human. I do regular human things. Look at me standing on my hind legs like a young Rory Calhoun. Dur, dur, dur. <laughs> so I mean, it was just like 20 to 30 straight dur, minutes of cats. 20 to 30 straight minutes of cat jokes (laughs) and we're still laughing about it two days later so yay (laughs) that's pretty good well we're getting two new kitties and i'm super excited about it they're gonna be so lovely and like i know solo is gonna be such a good dad and we told Sailor that he's going to be an uncle. Like, you're going to be an uncle. And he's like, I don't know what that means. Do you have peanut butter? <laughs> so, it's going to be exciting. They get neutered. They get, like, whatever their neutery, spady thing is this week. So they'll probably be hanging in our bathroom most of the time. Because, you know, helping to integrate them it takes a couple of days of 
lonely hood in one room, but it'll be good. <laughs> That's fair. You know, it's, uh, yeah, we had, um, we're still in the process of getting our new kittens vaccinations and big brother Spocker, yeah. Spock Waka Laka Lur, um, or Spock Leonard, whoever you want to call him. Sure. Yeah, he, uh, we had to take him for his follow-up after his bout with kitty bronchitis. So he's, oh, uh, yeah. he's much better now. And he came home and was automatically like, okay, Pike, I'm going to take care of you now. And Aww. he, he just sat there and like groomed her and everything. She's like, okay, thank you, big brother Spock. I'm going to go hang out with my other brother, butter grog now. And it was just adorableness all over the place. But Ethan and Josie are still like, fuck them. Fuck their mothers. We don't care. <laughs> don't even care. Well, I feel confident that Solo is going to react very well to Finn and Daisy. Oh, good names. I see what you did there with the see, we're Star gonna Wars. Do, we're going to do Finn and Ray, but I don't really like the name Ray just in general because I had an uncle named Ray and he was kind of a dick. But um, <laughs> we thought, well... Since Millie's bird is named Rosie, and the actress who plays Ray is named Daisy, we could do Finn and Daisy, and it would go with Rosie, and kind of tie the whole group together. Perfect. It is the name version of the rug that ties the whole room together. Exactly. Nice. So that's Daisy's job. What? No pressure, Daisy. <laughs> no pressure. Well, both of them are just a little bit skittish because they came from feral cats. And so she's been socializing them and things like that. But, and yes, I recognize the irony of that. Because <laughs> her name is feral. You saw the laughing. But it's very spelled up. differently. So anyway. Um, Still appropriate though. The lady who's been fostering them is working very hard to get them socialized and things like that. So she's getting them used to people. But the cool thing is, Ben, every time I've interacted with him, I pick him up, I hold him in my lap, and then he just falls asleep. And Aww. I feel like that's a great sign. And Daisy really responds to Millie very well. So <laughs> even though technically they're both my cats, um, I think Daisy's actually going to be more Millie's. <laughs> So that works out pretty well. That does work out pretty well. Aww. So we should get to our topic. Yeah, I suppose. Fine. Taskmaster. We talked about several different ideas, but I think we kind of settled on like how to make the holidays holiday-esque when you're quarantined. <laughs> yes. Because so, like I, I had to forego going and visiting my mom in Kansas because we just... First of all, their COVID rates are fucking off the charts. Ugh. Like, they have a 20% COVID rate right now. Both oh. of their hospitals have less than, like, both of their main hospitals in my mom's town have, like, less than 15 beds combined <gasps> in the ICU. And there are three beds available at the VA hospital. Holy crap. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah. So I know we've. Uh, horrible. And I sent you an article about a, a town in Kansas that's considered like the most deadly place to be for COVID. 
because their death rate in comparison to the population is so high. Because for the longest time, they totally disregarded it. And they didn't really have very many COVID cases until all of a sudden in October. And then since then, they've had like 300 deaths since October. Oh, my god! In this town that only has 2,600 people. Oh. Yeah, that's not terrifying at all. But yeah, there, there are accommodations that have to be made this year. And especially, I mean, both of us, our mothers are in their 80s. And... Yeah. We we have to be careful with that. And are you I've got, going to go visit your mom? Um, I think later. Um, Nina's coming back for a break, and okay. I think after she's been quarantined for an appropriate length of time, because I want to put build in hedge time, right? To be absolutely certain, it'll probably be right before she goes back. But um, uh, you know, she and mom are really really close, so I want to make sure we get out there, but I also want to make sure, you know, I've, I've got to put Nina on a plane again. Um, I want to make sure mom and everyone on that side of the family is safe. And I got to make sure my spleenless husband is, uh, right. Not unduly exposed to anything. So we're going to, but it's going to be very careful, but it's kind of, you got to make some COVID accommodations. Like, let me tell you what, um, here is something else that happened last week that actually plays into the topic very well. Okay. So I have the group of um, St. Louis ladies I hang out with a lot. Who Drunk housewives. Drunk housewives. We had our annual Christmas gathering. So what we did as the, uh, what we did is Jenny, Jenny's mom, uh, we went to her mom's house because her mom is a fire pit. And we all spaced our chairs around the fire pit about every six feet. And um, we had a socially distanced, responsible annual Christmas party. Because we get together every year. Last year, we did vision boards in um, Tina's kitchen. Um, So, you know, we just kind of do stuff from time to time. But this year, we we hung out. I... uh, um, I brought cocktails, and Mandy um, brought the food, and Sarah brought her sexy little red car, and <laughs> and hot cocoa, um, chocolate bombs, and we just had a blast. And because this year is, um, you know, budgets are tighter this year than normal because it's had an impact on the economy. Um, we each wrote three compliments about each other and shared them um, around the way. And, um, of course, a, cu- a few of us had gotten some token things before that happened anyway. So I still got a really cool fridge magnet about cat lovers <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a really fun coaster that says feel grateful. And they all got some really cute um, designer masks. <laughs> Because they came in literally the day we decided not to spend money. And I'm like, fuck it. They're getting their masks anyway. That's cute. So, but it was fun. So, that was a, I mean, that was a good way to compromise. Still get together. Still have the camaraderie. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. So, there we go. You know, I know. And I made. Go ahead. Oh, I made the cocktail I'm drinking now there, by the way. <laughs> Yum. Mm-hmm. Um, I know. Well, like, you're talking about holidays are tight. One of the things that um, 
I've done in the past because I have had some pretty tight holidays. But one thing I did with a friend one time is that we decided we would set no limits on what you could spend for Christmas. No limits. But because we were both broke as fuck, the way we would do it is you find what you want to get them and cut out a picture, wrap it up like a gift, and that's what we gave them. So we literally had gifts under the tree to open and we opened it and then the person could see what it was and then we would tell the story of how this would happen and what we would get them and why we would get them that gift. What a clever <laughs> idea. I like that. It was actually some... almost as fun as actually getting the gifts. Well, yeah, because it legit is the thought that counts. Yeah. Well, it, it, lets, it kind of lets you know that somebody sees you. You know, mm. and even though we did like no holds barred, neither of us got each other cars or anything like that. It was, it was like, it was really thoughtful gifts. It was like, I know you love this band. And so I'm going to take you to see this band when they perform at this particular venue, because I know you've always wanted to go to the city and we're going to go there and do this, that kind of stuff. That's Awesome. That is awesome. So, so, yeah, it was a really, really fun thing. You and I could do that sometime. It would be a really fun thing. Yeah, that would be a blast. So, cool. We could do that this year if you need, if you yeah. want. Well, I already got your presents. So uh, okay, so here's something I did really cool. I guess I, you know, I love to give people compliments, but I have trouble organizing at times unless I can mm-hmm. get set themes. What? Who you have a hard time getting your shit together? Who would have thought? Not me. No, no, right? What I did for the Drunk Housewives is every one of them, I did three themed compliments. So the first one was funny. The second one was heartfelt. And the third one was literary. Well, I would like to say that you got, you had a hard day Friday. And... So Friday was a day where you really sort of let yourself feel your feelings, we'll just say. No, a little bit. Yeah, that was Friday, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That was so, a rough day. I know you have not had a chance to go back and read those text messages. I don't want to. I'm kind of horrified by the idea of it. Um, but I feel like some of what you're saying you probably already gave me. Really? Yeah. Oh, did I did I give you a literary compliment? Not a literary compliment, but I feel like it was heartfelt in that perhaps the spelling could have been better. But <laughs> I understood what you were trying to say and I felt it from your heart. I also know that you let Millie know basically the exact same thing. So... I know that you truly feel that. And um, so that was, it was wonderful. And I felt that it was very kind of you to say. And I knew that you truly felt that at the time. And that probably you truly feel that anyhow. But it was also very, um, I love you, man. (laughs) I love you, man. And I just, I was... 
Yeah, I didn't go back and read the text I sent you, but I did just go back and look at the ones I sent Millie. And if she told you what I said. Well, she didn't. She happened to be staying the night over at Rexy's house that night. And Rexy mentioned to me something about, she gave me some keywords that matched up with the keywords that were in the same message you sent me. <laughs> so I was like, oh, that's so sweet. Like fl- fl- flames, flames <laughs> on the side of my face. <laughs> you said that just as I took a sip and I nearly did a spit take. Nice. Awesome. <laughs> Fair. So one of the things I started looking up after we talked about this idea mm-hmm. was how to celebrate Christmas in quarantine. Yes. So since I'm not going to be with my mom and sister on Christmas Day, and there's one present that I'm sending in particular that I want to be with my mom when she opens. I know I mentioned it last week, but this is these these sort of caricatures that my dad did of my mom, and they're beautiful, and I know that they're going to mean they're going to mean the world to my mom. She was actually she just texted me today and my mom's one of those people who texts that text message that you get the message in and you scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll and it takes like your whole screen for like several screens worth of scrolling <laughs> to the point where you're like, fuck, what the fuck? <laughs> but she mentioned in her text some of the Christmas ornaments that she thinks, you know, once we sold her house and her, her things went away. Um, she feels that maybe are gone and I, and they may be, I think my sister took some things and I took a few, but there were a few that, that probably went by the wayside. Mm. There was a, a little doll that was, that used to hang on our Christmas tree. That was like a red riding hood doll that was hers that she had when she was seven. And Aww. I forgot about it. I didn't think to go get it out of the Christmas ornaments. So I hope my sister got it. I know she went in and pulled out a lot of the Christmas ornaments. Um, anyhow, uh, and I and I pulled out a few. I've got some. Um, my sister also has like the bride and groom that hung on the top of our Christmas tree that were my mom's bride and groom for their cake. Aww. So she has those, and and there were some other things that that we found as the a state auction was happening that we bid on. So we like actually bought our own shit back. Whatever. Um, It's fine because in the end, what really matters is that the things that got sold went to a home for somebody who's going to probably really love them and be happy to have them. And the things that we kept, we kept. And what didn't get kept is okay. You know, sometimes you have to let go of things because you have to make room for your own memories. Well, well, even though it's cool that this was my grandma's, you know, my mom's thing when she was seven. Does this, you know, if you Marie Kondo this, does this (laughs) enrich my life? Does it bring joy? Does this mean, does it enrich my life? And The memories are wonderful because they're her memories, but when she's gone, my only memory is this used to belong to my mom when she was seven. 
<laughs> when I pass that to Millie, it decreases incrementally. This was my grandma's when she was seven. If she passed it on to her kids, there was this lady. I never knew her, but when she was seven, this was her doll. And maybe it'll go to someone who said, my mother had something exactly like this when she was seven, and it means the world to me this year in particular. Yes, exactly. Or somebody sees it and is like, I have been looking for this particular red riding doll because I collect these and this is the centerpiece of my collection and I love this so much you know Aww. you just don't know yeah that, don't, my um my mom gave me a gift that uh last time I went this year that almost made me cry this year because my mom's just a beautiful person oh and yeah this is such a good story the bowl I need to get it out um, cause it's now officially that time of year, but mom gave me a Christmas dish, um, a really pretty crystal bowl that she got from, um, someone she knew through work. If I recall correctly, it was through work. That part doesn't matter. The part is, I'm pretty sure the, the important part is it was someone who mom knew and she really liked. And this woman didn't have any family of her own left and she gave mom, um, this really, really pretty crystal bowl, and it. Um, she gave it to me, and she goes, "I remember who gave it to me. It was so and so." And plus, the lady also has a cool name. We'll call her like, we'll call her Great Gardens. Yeah, yeah. So um, she had a really cool name. She did have a cool name. She goes, "So this, this was." her gift for me and she put a lot of thought into it and she doesn't have any family left. And when she passed away, one of her biggest fears was no one would remember her. So every Christmas, could you put this bowl out and say, this is Grey Garden's bowl and remember her for me. And I'm like, Oh, I know it was just so sweet. And I'm like, mom, I will. And I've let Nina know that after me, it's, um, eventually it's going to go to her and she's going to have to remember this person who loved my mom and picked out this bowl, especially for her and gave it to her so that this woman is never forgotten. Here in the background. I hear the laughing. It's awesome. All right. So with this year being such a difficult year and so many people having to cancel plans and like not meet up in person, Everybody's like, well, I guess we're just going to have to Zoom everything for Christmas. But there's a lot of things you can do that are not Zoom related. I mean, obviously, Zoom is going to be an important thing because, like, I know we're going to probably FaceTime or group FaceTime with my mom and sister during their Christmas time so we can open gifts together. And we still have some of that togetherness that we want. So that's really cool. But, like, if you... If you have holiday traditions, prioritize those. And if you are having the same traditions as your sister is having and as as your brother is having in his house, then that pulls you closer together because you know everybody's doing the same thing, regardless of your location. And I, and I think that's a big deal. Um, you know, my dad always used to make this really amazing holiday bread that was like a yeast bread, but it was also kind of like cinnamon rolls. It's a little bit of everything. It was the best Christmas bread ever. It was everybody, like, it was the best bread. Everybody loved it. It was the best bread. We got the best reviews. We got all the tweets about it. <laughs> so 
he would make this Christmas bread and he'd heat it up in the morning and we would sit and get the Christmas bread out and we'd put bread and butter. It would be like buttered bread and it had just a little bit of sweetness, but it was really more of a yeast bread. So it was, it was kind of yummy and, and amazing. Um, and then it would have had raisins in it and stuff like that. So it was sort of like cinnamon. It was like a cross between cinnamon rolls and bread. If I can, it didn't have frosting or anything. And then he would, he would always make fresh squeezed orange juice until the point where fresh squeezed orange juice actually became available. And then we would have like the jar squish, fresh squeezed orange juice and coffee. And we would sit and eat that while we opened our stockings. So everybody would do stockings And then after we ate, we were ready. Then dad would play Santa and he would pick up presents and he would look at them like, oh, what's this? And he'd toss it and he'd go, pew, like that. So even though he's not there to do that and we don't really do that anymore, we still try to do some version of the Christmas bread. It's a pain in the ass to make. I made it one night. I made it one year and it took me like seven hours to make and I'm like, fuck this. No, man. We'll just get like cinnamon rolls and like lump them together and make like pull apart monkey bread or slice monkey bread. We can, it could be the same. It's like the same thing, but it's still, it suits the same purpose. So we do that and we do our stockings at that time and stockings are important for us. So that is awesome. We have a similar thing and mom always put up a Swedish star in the window mm. uh, when we were growing up and now we all own our own Swedish stars and we all put them up at Christmas. Yeah, absolutely. And, and think no matter where we are, we've got our Swedish star. Well, prioritizing decorations, prioritizing foods, whatever is important to you. We also have a Um, I told you about the Thanksgiving cranberry. Well, at Christmas, we call it the Christmas cranberry, and it's literally the same thing. But it's still motherfucking good, and it tastes delicious. So we're trying to do things a little differently. We try and, you know, we think about other stuff that can happen. You know, sometimes at Christmas we do lasagna just because, but we still have cranberry stuff. (laughs) This year, we have gone to a really good barbecue place nearby, and we got a smoked ham and some smoked turkey, and that's what we're going to have for Christmas. But, of course, there'll be mashed potatoes and gravy, and I think I might make mac and cheese because everybody loves starch. (laughs) Yeah. And this year, we're going to watch motherfucking Wonder Woman 1984. Fuck yes, we are too, and that'll unite us. Yeah. Say so. And there we just go. like at Thanksgiving, we have to watch the dog show. Hmm. I mean, we watch the parade, but mostly just because it comes on before the dog show. <laughs> um. So yeah, that's the thing. Cool. So we've um, you know, uh, um, talking about food. Something uh, the same day we went to PetSmart, we also went to Global Market in Kirkwood to get um more of the uh crackers we got oh we do oh actually there's a convergence i'll come back to that on a second a cracker convergence oh i know but we had to go get um these little chocolates that are like ornaments and john the brett likes to hang them on the christmas tree 
And then as you get closer to Christmas, if you're hungry and you want a chocolate, you just go to the tree and pull a chocolate off it and eat it up. And I mean, they are. Or are they yucky? No, they're good. They're English chocolate. So they're more chocolatey than American chocolate. They're pretty good. Okay. Um, But the cracker convergence. Oh, yes. uh, Do tell. We, every year, we do Christmas crackers because it was a, it was a family tradition and John the Brit's family, obviously, Brit, cracker, but, (laughs) okay, that came out wrong. I'm a Christmas cracker, not cracker cracker. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) whoops, Um, but what's this watch where the white person was called cracker? Oh, yeah, it's in Queen. There we go. Okay. <laughs> well, you remember when she was in the orphanage in the Queen's Gambit when she's in the orphanage and her friend, what's her name, Josephine or something Jolene. like that? Jolene. Her friend Jolene calls her Jolene. cracker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but no, uh, so, yeah. But uh, no, crackers. Something my mom did a couple of times when I was growing up was she saved like the paper towel rolls. Uh-huh. And in the in the summer, she would go and buy those little pull apart um, firecrackers and save them and then make her own Christmas crackers. And so we would like pull our own Christmas crackers at Christmas from time to time. So it was kind of weird that did eventually work. Like, that seems too thick. You know, it, it worked. You had to really tug at it, but she worked. And uh. <laughs> you had to really tug at the cracker, but it worked. Um, but, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. So now I have legit crackers every year, and we take crackers to mom's when we do get to go back on Christmas so that she can have the full-on British portion of the experience rather than just watching on a PBS <laughs> and trying to reproduce it. Sure, that's fun. There we go. (laughs) I enjoyed it. (laughs) Yes, I'm sure you would. You make that sound so much like you work at (laughs) Debevix. Well, I did, like like I said, I I didn't work at Debevix, I worked at Dick's, but I made a lot of money. (laughs) Look, I was a 21-year-old and I was making a lot of money. I was making... Well, let me figure out how much I was making. I was making $86,000 a year. What the actual fuck? I was making about $300 a night. I was working about six nights a week. 300 times six... Times four times twelve. Eighty six thousand. Damn. Okay. Yeah, I made a lot of money working as a waitress. There were people who had master's degrees who worked there because they made more money doing that than they did teaching school. So, you know, are you familiar with Triumph, the insult dog comic? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he's got shit on you. And what's funny is I think you have a bigger heart of gold than he does. I don't even know that he has a heart of gold because he seems like a complete douche. 
Well, I know. Well, you have a heart of gold, and I'm. It's at least the size of a potato. I'd be like silver heart, maybe. <laughs> you aren't supposed to use your powers on yourself. <laughs> so let me tell you some ideas that I had for people who are trying to think of social distance Christmas ideas. You do it. All right. Indoor plants being delivered to somebody on a regular, like a subscription. Subscription indoor plants? Yeah. That way, every time they get a new living being, they know that you think of them. That's a lot of pressure. But the cool thing is you only have to actually think of them once. (laughs) No, that's a lot of pressure for the recipient. Yeah, well, don't kill it because you're killing your friend. Okay, no, don't do this. (laughs) It's an anxiety magnet. Oh, okay. So how about this? So what if you send your friend a restaurant meal kit and then you get your same restaurant meal kit, you both fix it, and then you sit down and eat together? I like that. There's this website called Goldbelly. Have you heard of them? No. Gold Gold Belly Belly has fucking amazing shit. Like, you can get things from all of these really, really, really famous places. Like Momofuku. (gasps) Really? Yes. Wow. Catering. Um, Lieberman's Kosher Deli in New York. That's so cool. Uh, Moon's Lobster Shack in Maine. Boudin Classic Bakery in San Francisco. Oh, that sounds yummy. Kansas City Barbecue in Kansas City, Kansas. Do they have any St. Louis restaurants on there? Let me look. Because I must know. I'm looking. Hold on. Give me a minute. Come on, bitch. Chop, chop, motherfucker. Give me a second. Up in Midwest, right? Yeah. Chicago, 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 Detroit. Kansas City, Missouri, Arthur Bryant's, The Girl and the Goat by Stephanie Izzard. Oh my God, remember when we almost went there in, in... yeah, that was good. We didn't get to go though. That was sad. <laughs> that was a very confusing series of sentences, partial sentences. We wanted to go, we were gonna go, we didn't get to go. That was sad. There we go. That makes more sense. Doesn't it, Happy, Queen Map? Pappy's Smokehouse in St. Louis. Nice. Uh, Nick's Kitchen and Hunting in Indiana. Hmm. Uh, there's Jack Stack in Kansas City. That's some good barbecue. Ah. Um, what's that? When we went to Jack Stack? Yeah. What's that place in Kansas City that's basically like a barbecue joint and a gas station? I think that's Joe's. Is Joe's that Joe's? City Barbecue? That sounds right. That was fucking amazing. St. Elmo's Steakhouse in Indianapolis. I've been there. It's pretty damn good. Um, Emo's Pizza in St. Louis. Okay, oh. Emo's. Okay. It's an acquired taste. I'm sure that there's a lot of people who love it or it wouldn't be in here. So there's some ideas. So the, there's the thing where you order the same food for everybody. Everybody makes it the same night and we all eat together versus like... On FaceTime or Zoom or whatever. 
I also found a really cool site called Mapiful. Mapiful? Mapiful. Mapiful. Map. Mapiful. M A P I F U L. But they will create maps for you with posters or pillows or family art. That's basically a meaningful gift of a place that means something to you. Aww. So you can send that to the person that you love. You can be like, this is us. This is our place. And then the two of you can start planning a time where after all this shit's done, you can get together. And here's the thing. I honestly recognize that my mom is not going to be able to get together with us someplace after this. But that doesn't mean it doesn't give her pleasure to plan that trip. And I can plan it with her. And I can say, why don't we take you to Key West? And you can see where we got married. And you can see all this other stuff. And you can walk on this little beach. And we can relax. And you can see Ernest Hemingway. And you can see National Audubon Society. And you can see all this stuff. And it would be a really neat vacation for her. Even though I know that with 89% certainty, that's not going to happen. Hmm. It's still something that I could give her that would give her something to look forward to. Even though I know it's not going to happen, she doesn't have to know that. It doesn't make it sad. It gives her hope and it gives her joy to plan and think about what could be. Hmm. So I'm fine with that. I think that's, I think that's good. Yeah, I can see that. It it reminds me of when I was little um, and the lottery just became a thing. Um, Mom would buy a $1 lottery ticket every week and say, you know, I'm not going to spend more than that because if God wants us to win, we're going to win on one buck. Absolutely. Um, but it would be like, so if we won, what are all the things we're going to do? And we'd talk about paying off people's debt. We'd talk about taking a vacation, building a new house, all this cool stuff. And it's fun. I mean, the it's really fun. That playground in your mind is a very beautiful place. Absolutely. I love thinking about stuff like that. Just like the game that I played with my friend where we bought each other these wonderful gifts. Yes. Wonderful gifts that I can buy you because I know this is what you would love. You know, I have wonderful things that I would buy for Rexy. I have amazing things that I would buy for you. Like, I have things that I would get for you that I hope that you would open it and you would go, she sees me. I have for every gift so far. Well, this year is not really that. (laughs) (laughs) I admit, this year is a more um, pedantic take on (laughs) Christmas gifts. This is more um, pedestrian. However, it's one of those gifts that you're going to be like, I fucking love this. I use it all the time. And okay, occasionally I'm fairly pedestrian, so I'm okay with that. I think you're going to love it so much. (laughs) I chose for you the color that I would have chosen for me had it been available. So I think it's a color you will love because 
I'm pretending in my head like I'm giving you a Tiffany. Oh, which which you have in the past. I have. So, yay. I'm not not going away. Now, here's another thing that I think is really freaking cool. Okay. I recently found out about a streaming service that is called (gasps) BroadwayHD.com. I'm already quite intrigued. It's basically a hundred bucks a year. It's ad free. (gasps) You can watch it whenever you want. Whatever show you want that's available on Broadway, it's available in your home whenever you want. Oh, my gosh. Right? I, oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah, like right now, of course, there's Cats because it's like the longest running show on Broadway. There's Billy Elliot. There's A Doll's House. Like, there's musicals, there's plays, fame. Do you remember fame from when we were kids? Yes. Yeah, the musical's back. I'm gonna live forever. I actually went to band camp one year, and we did fame. (laughs) Shut up. We did. (laughs) Um, Pippin. Pippin is still on Broadway. I fucking love Pippin. That's one of my favorite shows. Oh, my gosh. Uh, you know one of my favorite shows I've ever seen actually on Broadway? What? I saw the Fantastics in the Jerry, Jerry Orbach theater. <gasps> you really, really saw Jerry Orbach? I didn't see Jerry Orbach. He was already passed away by that time. But in the Jerry Orbach theater. That's so cool. Aaron Carter was one of the leads. It was really awkward. But the play was good. Well, Les Mis, Kinky Boots, Holiday Inn, Miss Saigon, Noel Coward's Present Laughter, starring Kevin Klein, who, by the way, I met at a party. Of course you did. Fuck. Tom Hanks, Patrick Swayze, Kevin Klein. I'm I'm keeping a running scorecard. Yeah, I have met some good people. Okay, really. The last five years, Sleeping Beauty, True West, Who's Your Bag Daddy? <laughs> oh, nice. Okay, although if a lot of amazing stuff out right now. If you think you're skipping on past, um, you know, a fish called Wanda, Mister Fish Odor, and not explaining Kevin Klein. Well, believe it or not, I met him in that town in Kansas. We both were in. You're. No. Yeah. So there was some sort of thing happening at the major civic theater there. Not the smaller civic theater, but like the major like event theater. Mm -hmm. Something going on there. And it was snowing and blah, blah, blah. There was also a show happening at the civic theater. And there was some crossover with the crew. And he heard that the Civic Theater was finishing up their run that night. So he came and watched the last half of the show. I was working at the Civic Theater as a waitress at the cocktail bar. I was working as a waitress at the cocktail bar. (laughs) That much is true. (laughs) Anyway, so because it was our final night, we had a wrap party afterwards. Finished up our shift. Went to the rat party. Guess who the fuck showed up? 
Yes. Kevin oh. Klein. Kevin Klein showed up at the rap party of our tiny little show. Good lord. And he was super nice. He was like, you guys did a fantastic job. I really enjoyed it. And he was really nice. He signed autographs for everybody. I didn't get an autograph because I was like, oh, that's so gosh. I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> but I did go up and talk to him and say, I love your work. I think you're wonderful. I've seen all of your shows, all of your work. And I literally had even his like, I saw in and out. He's like, hey, did you see in and out? I'm like, yeah, I actually did. It was good. I liked it. I loved it. It was fun. So we talked for a few minutes. He he was kind. He like went and got a drink. He gave like somebody went and got him a drink. Of course, he didn't get his own drink. But he gave everybody like five or ten minutes. Like he walked around and talked because there was only like 30 of us there. He literally walked around and talked to everybody for like 30 minutes. Like uh, just talk to everybody. It was so neat. And he was really, really nice. And he had one more show the next night. And uh, it was really, really cool. So, that, yeah, that's where I got to meet him. That's, that's It wasn't kick-ass. as up close and personal as it was with Patrick Swayze, but it was still a pretty fucking cool experience. Oh, man. You have had this weirdly charmed, famous adjacent life. Yeah, I'm super famous adjacent. I've had a <laughs> lot of famous adjacent. I sort of feel like like a not good actor, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Because, you know, for the longest time he was sort of famous adjacent. And then all of a sudden he like went crazy after, um, after he did the Truman Capote thing. Oh, yeah. I can't remember the name of it, but yeah. So you're Kevin Bacon adjacent, more or less. Am I? I think so. You're like the six degrees of non-famous Kevin Bacon. (laughs) I think my first memory of Philip Seymour Hoffman was Incent of a Woman. He was just, he was like the James Spader of that generation. (laughs) (laughs) But... But the James Spader is James Spader of our generation. So I'm really... He's like... But James Spader is James Spader of our generation. Philip Seymour Hoffman was not our generation. He was way younger than us. No, I refuse to accept that. We're not that old. He's way younger than me. I'm looking him up. Okay. Yeah, do. Because I'm very curious now. Okay. I'm going to... Shit. Stupid IMDb. When did Peter Billingsley get hot? Oh, he was actually older than me. He was two years older than me. Ha <laughs> There you go. Yeah. Okay. So he was the Philip Seymour Hoffman of my generation. <laughs> well, there you go. But you're the Kevin Bacon of the non-famous generation. I'm the non-famous Kevin Bacon. There you go. Six degrees of Jillian Farrell. <laughs> totally yes, works exactly <gasps> uh oh what hold on mm-hmm. wait a minute I think mm-hmm. I might be one degree from Philip Seymour Hoffman are you fucking kidding me nope of course you are of course you are All right, I'm looking. Hold on. 
Nope. It's not. I thought he was on Days of Our Lives, but he was on One Life to Live. Okay, you're one degree from from Erica Kane and Sarah Michelle Geller. Yes. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes. Although technically I am one degree from Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, fuck's sake. Of course Philip Seymour Hoffman played Capote. Oh, Capote and my- wrote the book about the Clutter family. Clutter family. And we know them. Yeah, there you Back go. One of the sold my house. There you go. <sighs> and I have to correct myself. Uh, Sarah Michelle Geller was on All My Children, Not One Life to Live, both ABC soap operas that I watched when I was sick as a child. Yeah. But yeah, you got the clutters going, baby. So I'm one degree from Philip Seymour Hoffman, which makes me what? Where do I go in with the rest of these? How far does that make you from Kevin Bacon? I don't know. Was he on anything with Kevin Bacon? I'm sure he was, because between the two of them. Let me see. I used to be able to play this game lawlessly. Here we go. Yes. Philip Seymour Hoffman to Meryl Streep in Doubt. Meryl Streep to Kevin Bacon, The River Wild. Of course. Of course. PSH is two degrees from Kevin Bacon. And I'm two degrees from PSH, so I'm I'm four degrees of Kevin Bacon. (gasps) Look at me. That's so fancy. All right. Let's talk a little bit. We should talk more about Christmas presents. <laughs> I don't. Okay. We suck at keeping on track. Like, <laughs> I feel like since we've retooled our pro- podcast, we suck at keeping on track. We really need to do better with this. You like, know what, though? I I don't see an issue with it because it feels more natural to me, but I'm, I'm not exactly. To our listeners, then. We don't have a ton of you guys. Why don't you weigh in? Let us know what you think. Do you like the new format? Do you like the old format better where we're like more rigid with like, let's stick to the program. Let's do this. Or when Gina tells you way too much shit about one thing, uh, we can do that. I feel very good about my, my glug dissertation. That was a lot. It was so much. It was a lot, but it was a lot of really fucking good information. So, all right. I do want to give you a gift now. Oh, okay. What is it? So, remember how I said that for the Drunk Housewives, I gave them literary compliments. Yeah. You can compliment me. I'm going to compliment you in literary. Are you going to make me cry? Quite possibly. Because, you know, uh, Sarah's, since we work in a male-dominated industry, was... One girl is worth 20 useless boys from Peter Pan. You know, stuff like that. And here's yours. Are you ready? She is a friend of mine. She gather me, man. The pieces I am. She gather them and give them back to me in all the right order. It's good to know when you got a woman who is a friend of your mind. Toni Morrison, beloved. Thank you. 
Thank you for suck. Yeah, I know I suck, but it's important. That's your literary compliment, because I couldn't give a literary compliment to everyone without including you. But and that's yours. But you're awesome. And like, I don't know what to say to that. You don't have to. And that's the point. You've, you don't have to say a damn thing because for the last 25 plus years, you've given yourself daily to bolstering me up when I've been down, to seeing me through a divorce, to seeing me through trauma, to see me through drama. And that is a huge gift. And you've not, you've held my feet to the fire. Um, you've not sugarcoated anything. You've helped me figure out what's important and the right order for it to be in. And that is why that quote is good. I, I mean, I shit you not, between you and Sarah, my personal life and my professional life are in order. I mean, I would not have my husband were not for you. I would not have so many things. I would not have left the house during my divorce were not for you. So, um, and you got me out and made me actually laugh shortly after my dad passed away. That would not have happened. We're not for you. Well, but that was more about the cocktail than me. (laughs) (laughs) That was the cocktail where we tried to get a mojito. We asked them for the crushed mint, and they took the peppermints from the front host stand and crushed them up and just poured some shit on top of it, and it was horrid. It was a nasty, nasty little motherfucker. It was not even a little bit. It was not even a little bit. So now, um, but you have been there and I've had, I've had, I've been very, very blessed in my life to have certain people who've been there when I needed them the most. And you are absolutely one of them, hands down, and you're important to me and you always will be. And I love you. I love you too. Now, motherfucker. (laughs) Make us laugh, because I brought the room down. Well. You're like, fuck you. Let me think. You suck. <laughs> Give me just a second to kind of process this. <laughs> All right, give me a second. Of course. Because I, I did completely ambush you. Yes. Yes, you <laughs> did. So... I have an answer for you. Oh. I may not be the tallest of all the voices in the world. Mine may be the smallest, but I can almost touch the stars. If I stand on my toes, and soon my words might change the world, so you better listen close. You're the person... Of all, who lights my world, who helps me understand that I'm okay. 
And you deserve all that there is and everything that I have, I would give to you to ensure that you are happy. You are one of my top three people in the whole world, honestly. Oh, oh, sweetie. I love you. I love you, too. So that's my Christmas present for you. Oh, thank you. What was that from? Um, you? <laughs> bullshit I found on the internet. <laughs> I love you so much. It was a combination of that and me. But I do believe that you literally are one of the best people I know. And my life wouldn't be the same without you. And in this holiday, I lift my glass to you. And I'm so happy that you are part of my life. And honestly, dear listeners, I want to say that you joining our world has enriched us enormously. And provided us an opportunity to not only share time together, but share time with you. And that's amazing. And it makes me so happy. So thank you, listeners. Oh, I have my pop filter, so I didn't get the clang that you did. Here, we'll we'll see. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) I love you. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Holly, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) it's certain yeah let's get the fuck out and go to bed but don't i'm i won't sing it (laughs) yeah don't sing it (laughs) okay enough maudlin love and you know we love each other immensely but i hope you do know how much we love and appreciate you and honestly We're here to support you. This is a time that everybody's having difficulty. And if there's something we can do to make your day brighter or make your week better, let us know. Like, literally. We've got a contact us page for a reason. So send us whatever love you need to send us. Send us whatever. What what do you need from us? What can we give you? Like... You've been so wonderful and supportive of us. What can we do for you? How can we be better for you? We have a new year coming. And obviously we're still going to be in quarantine for fucking ever. So (laughs) let us know. We're happy to drink a lot. We could drink every night and do a recording and start. Fuck. I don't know. So tell us what you want. Tell us what you need. Contact us. Hello. <laughs> Don't overpromise on the recording because that's a lot of editing. <laughs> no, I can promise on the recording. We can record the shit out of it and then you can edit it over the while. Like you can look, we can look at what people say. And if they like, if there's one person's like, I need this right now or I will die. We can be like, okay. Yeah. 
amazing Mary says she needs this or she'll die. So let's do this and we'll record that and we'll edit it and we can record whatever. But give us some ideas. Tell us what you need. And that we would do in a heartbeat. And unless you absolutely requested it and insisted upon it, I promise we wouldn't sing it. Mm, (laughs) She's always like, and this is awesome. So let's do this. I love the world. (laughs) She does love the world. But (laughs) I think it's just because she drinks because I do too. There we go. Anyway, um, all right. Enough. Tell us what you want. Tell so tell me what you want, what you really, you really, really want. I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna really, really, really wanna do like a, like a cool blog. Whatever. I don't know. <laughs> so now I'm singing. Okay. <laughs> Enough. <laughs> Enough. So thank you for joining us on a this is the end without actually being the end because we're not ending this, but it's just like Mary, whatever you celebrate episode of always. Never. Right. I'm Jill. And I'm Gina. And thank you so much for making us part of your week. And we'll talk more. We'll talk more. We'll talk more. Smart. Oh, I love smarts. They're so delicious. We don't have a fire pit. That's okay. You know what? If you get marshmallow vodka, that that'll be just it's, good. Oh, we can make marsh. We can make s'mores things. Okay. Yeah. So, any, but I digress. Um, thank you. <laughs> we'll talk more next week, muddles, and thank you for joining us on the Podfix Network. Standard disclaimer. Always Never Right is in no way, shape, or form performed or produced by professional advice givers. We've just lived a lot. So if any of our life experiences prove useful, we're happy to share, especially if we can share in an entertaining way. But if you have serious problems, please see a therapist, doctor, psychiatrist, life coach, or someone who is actually trained to know what the hell they're doing when passing out advice. Also, please note that most names and the descriptions of many events have been modified to both make things more entertaining and to protect the innocent, the not-so-innocent, and the flat-out guilty as sin assholes. <laughs>